I love the audacity, Drew. A decapitation strike against the enemy. It's bold. It's a little bit vicious. I think it's a fantastically bad, good idea. No, it's a good, bad idea. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so I'm going to answer your question first. Uh, as that seems like it may have bearing on what Morgan chooses to do. As far as was there a prominent, wealthy celebrity backer for the Strong American Men Party during the election, like Greenwell was to the TPP? The answer is no. Um, the most prominent strongman figures that Morgan is aware of, um, from Bianca and Roland and his own consumption of local news media, he's aware that Strobe has gone in in favor of the strongmen. He's aligned himself with them, at least uh, verbally. Um, he remembers an interview on WSBG with a street-level hero calling himself Smash, who loudly and proudly uh, aligned himself with strongmen. The only other figure he can think of is the lawyer who defended the so-called Sink 7, whose name I don't remember. If we dip back into the archive, uh, we'll find the name of this lawyer who defended the Sink 7. That's the most, like, um, wealthy and or media-savvy person associated with the strongmen that Morgan knows of. There's also the... There's also a couple of local law enforcement guys who held their positions in the elections. I'm, I'm driving, unfortunately, so I can't remember what I said at the beginning of all of this, but it's either the, the county sheriff and or the city chief of police who kept their positions and uh, of the two of them, I'm pretty sure I said the sheriff was an outspoken, strong American man. And um, he's like the closest thing to a, a rallying figure that the strong men have. Um, now, about Roland's teleportation thing. So I don't remember if this is included in the normal rules for this teleportation thing, but... Roland says, uh, listen, Chief, I'd love to just send you to where he is, but my thing doesn't work that way. I gotta, I gotta know a guy. I gotta know a guy, or I gotta know the space he's in. So you tell me where he is, and it's somewhere I'm familiar with, I can get you there. Otherwise... So, uh, would Morgan pursue trying to make some sort of sympathetic connection, as in sympathetic magic, not as in having sympathy for Greenwell, who's obviously a rich devil? Uh, would he try and make that work, or would he just say, nah, fuck it, me and the boys will punch our way through? I don't think that Morgan's going to spend time to try to find some kind of sympathetic connection to Greenwell. Um, if he can, he'll at least try to get Roland to 
scry on him if possible, but he's not going to waste, you know, I'll be like, you know, just contact me with the, on the magical radio. And on second thought, he's going to, on second thought, he's going to ask the sailor. He might take Paku Paku with him. Um, but they're both water-based. He might leave them in the sink um, just because they'd be more powerful and and more useful and maybe uh, Bianca can kind of moralistically point them so they just don't straight up murder a bunch of fools. Even though Morgan definitely does not want to go by himself. Uh, just because of what happened last time, but he thinks that'll that if they stay behind, that'll be a safer option uh, for the sink and everyone overall. And he was hoping for the teleportation just so he wouldn't have to go through security and everything, because he imagines Greenwell's probably got a ton of these desist suits. Uh, protecting him or some kind of crazy tech. So he's going to head towards Greenwell Tower, and if Roland, uh, you know, beeps in before he gets there, um, he's going to try to get in as stealthily as possible uh, with his few confrontations. So he doesn't have to worry about, you know, whatever. So he's, if he can make it to the building, a couple of if-thens, if he can make it to the building and maybe take out, like, a maintenance person or a security guard, you know, choke them out and put them in a closet and take their uniform, uh, he'd maybe depend on that disguise with the ambient effect of his suit for people to kind of overlook him. Um, but if it seems like there's a security system in the building, if he makes it to the building, um, that can kind of track him like the drones where he's, however they were tracking him before noticing him, uh, then I guess he's just going to make a, a mad sprint up to the top of the building as, as quickly as possible. Um, he wouldn't rely on the elevator or anything. He would probably take the, the stairs and, um, imagine there would be multiple stairways. So he would like go up a couple floors on one, cut over across a floor and then up another one. Not that it would probably matter cause it's probably got crazy surveillance. Um, if he's not able to make it, if he, um, if Roland contacts him before he gets there, then he'd head uh, to wherever Greenwell was if he was in the city as quickly as possible. And if there's no sign of Greenwell, like for some reason, if he gets there and. Let me think. 
if he gets there and there for some reason there's no sign or he gets to the top, he'd go maybe help them. No, the monster squad's going to take care of this, of the sept. Although he kind of does want to, maybe he'll show up there after if he can't find any beat on Greenwell, uh, to maybe get some answers out of disastro. This, this is a kind of a, a long, weird, random shot, but this occurs to Morgan He's going to go find one of those newspapers that has Greenwell's name on it that was very uh, continuity-esque. And he's going to see if he can use his name from that or some type of property or something that he can carry with him to track the the where he like kind of saw the map and everything in his mind if he can like track the continuity line of greenwell from what he sees okay first of all for all you folks out there in internet land i uh, posed to drew a series of challenges over the text The substance of which was I had Drew make three rolls um, and then allocate the dice values he got accordingly. So, first, there's a low, medium difficulty intelligence check. I'll explain what each of these is for in a moment. Then there's a medium difficulty sense motive role, and then after that, a search role that is medium to high difficulty. So, Drew allocated his dice results such that what he got was an 18 on the intelligence check, a 22 on the sense motive, and a 21 on the search. First thing that's happening, the intelligence check. So, Drew, Morgan sets out and goes to a newsstand and finds something with an image of Greenwell on it. And he stares at it really hard for a while. The vendor is standing there with a cup of bad coffee in his hand, looking at him. And Morgan's looking at the picture of Greenwell, and you can see the sort of reddish tint of continuity on it, but nothing else is coming. And the vendor takes a sip of his coffee and stares at him, and he stares at the paper. And the vendor shakes his head, and it's like, I know you're wearing a suit, but are you going to buy it or what? He's an immigrant from Kablergistan, a well-known nation in the Urkus Mountains in western Florup. No, anyway, so he stares at it for a while, and then he does some sort of mental trick just sort of stops focusing on the moment and lets his mind drift 
and then sort of feels some funny feeling creeping up on him and just sort of lets it happen. And he remembers the vision he had earlier where he was looking down on the city from the bird's eye perspective. And in remembering it, what he notices this time is that the fields of red and blue representing continuity and contingency aren't battling with each other. It's not like there are fields of red and blue pushing each other back or um, erasing each other or things like that. What he sees instead are small and large red blobs bashing up against each other and then occasional flare-ups of blue. The blue appears suddenly and briefly in specific places, and whenever it does, it sort of makes the red blobs around it change course. So contingency is reacting, it seems largely to preserve things. He notices some of the locations where the blue stuff pops up are tactically or strategically important or maybe important in some other way. One of them is a library. One of them is a bridge. Uh, one of them is near a water main, things like that. So contingency seems to pop up at the last moment to intervene protecting something. He's snapped out of this fugue, this sort of dream state, seeing this vision of the map again by the paper getting snatched out of his hand. And at first, he looks over at the news vendor guy. But that dude is not to be seen. There's nobody behind the... Uh, he can't see anybody inside the kiosk. He slowly turns around, and the person who snatched the page out of his hand is wearing a black leather jacket and jeans and no t-shirt, and he has a huge chest tattoo, and it's a picture. It is an image of a cross, but the cross is made of, of guns. Um, and uh, that takes up... That's on, like, his sternum, and it pokes up to the bottom of his neck, and then lower there, lower down on his gut. He's got a gut, and in a sort of uh, arch, like a half moon, underneath his rib cage, there's some text, and there's an arrow that starts at his belly button and points down, and the text says, Highway to Hell. So this person has grabbed the Greenwell paper out of his hand and is holding a vector tactical nightstick and he has several friends behind him and he taps the chest piece of Morgan's armor with his club and he's like, I know who you are. You're the... And I imagine at this point, Morgan would beat him up. Um, but you tell me, this guy isn't important and his friends aren't important. Um, 
after this brief encounter, probably what happens is several of these strong men run away. Or maybe it's just a couple of them, and they've detached off a bigger group, which he notices down the street. Um, when he looks at that bigger group, he can see the glow of continuity around them, and it seems to be increasing. So I'm just going to take a liberty here and say he follows them. He has a nagging feeling about them, and um, that feeling seems to be... He, he gets more of a sense of what the feeling is about as he pursues them. They have a good lead, so it takes them a while to catch up. Um, as they, like, run down the streets, people are, like, visibly running inside, like, bolting their windows and shit. Everyone's taking cover. The city is just in full chaos at this point. So he follows these guys, and they start running into uh, a building. He's sort of curly-cued back around to the edge of the sink now. Um, and the dudes, the strongmen that he's following, climb up into and onto the side of this building that's part of the elevated rail network. Um, they seem to just be sacking this building. Um, one of them, like... A couple of them start kicking at the door on the ground level to try and get in there. One of them climbs up onto a windowsill on the second story and just bashes through the window, just smashes through the glass and just runs in there. They're just... There's a pack of about, I don't know, 10, 15 of them, and they're just going buck wild on this apartment building. They're just scrambling in there. There's a lot of whooping and shouting and chanting. Um, so I'm assuming Morgan is going to go in and stop them, that he can't let that pass. Um, but they're spread all through the building, so while he's chasing down the first one or two of them, pulling them out of people's apartments and protecting civilians who these guys are just randomly swinging at, he hears a crackling, whooshing sound overhead, and uh, he makes his way up and out onto a, a window ledge and sees one of the cease flying power armor units up there uh, circling around the building. Um, he sees a strongman poke his head out and the cease unit drop. Um, it, it dives and grabs the guy by the head and yanks him out of the building and then just drops him. Just pulls him out, and this is like three, four stories up, and then just lets him go. The rest of the strongmen see this happen and they clamber out onto the L uh, platform, the old, the old rail, the old L rail there, and uh, a couple of them... You know, they start throwing stuff at the cease unit and it like zaps back with its energy beam and um, Morgan gets the distinct feeling and he needs to do something here and it's not even necessarily about the people in the building. He gets the sense that he's supposed to preserve something here and for some reason the L 
is presenting itself to him like nobody has used this structure for its original purpose in a long time but something tells him he has to keep the fight between this power suit and this mob of mooks from ruining the L here I think Morgan's tactic well I'll give you a couple of if thens and, and see which one feels feels out the best uh, I guess his first tactic would be to just stand on the opposite direction from the L and pick up you know a palm sized rock or two um piece of rubble something like that and just kind of wing it at both can't remember said if you said it was cease or desist but send it at the power suit and then at the the crowd of strong men and try to get their all of their attention and you know say something to the effect of hey why you guys uh why you guys fighting each other i thought uh I thought everyone just wanted a piece of me. And um, then he'd kind of send everybody on a, a, a rabbit chase, you know, where he'd try to uh, outpace the slowest ones and then um, try to pick off the, the faster ones, but not enough to uh, dissuade them from going back to fighting each other. If that doesn't work, he would uh, try to take out the the mech suit because um, he figures that the the strong men could would probably just be able to do like a minimal or, or superficial damage to the L. Um, you know, if they really started to be able to do some damage to it he'd jump in but he wants to take out the the power suit first because he figures with its blasts and everything that it would um be the main main threat to it and um that the mob mentality would want to destroy somebody over something um so yeah, that's that's his general plan. Um, he'd probably try to take out the desist unit. It'll probably try to keep its distance, but um, maybe he'd try to bait it into uh, some building. I, I can't remember if you said that the one that um, Morgan had had previously taken out the group of strong men in if it was right next door or whatever, but he may, you know, it, if there's a close building that doesn't have populace in it, then he would try to try to bait it in into there. So it wouldn't, uh, be able to use its flight and its reach. And, um, also, I guess he could bait the, the strong men in there so they couldn't gang up on him more than a few at a time. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd go down a hallway or a small room or something like that. That would be able to limit their numbers advantage. Yeah, so I guess he's just feeling that this is possibly leading him in the right direction. Um said he's trying to tap into that whole uh, 
contingency flow um, and kind of letting, I guess, fate or the powers of the suit or the powers of the lady or whatever he's been, uh, have been bestowed upon him. Uh, He's letting those uh, guide him.